we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also, Mike, on the line here as well. Kind of a different type of episode for you today as we are talking about our biggest wishes heading into the second half of this 2023 film year, Michael. Yeah, the second half that starts in August. Uh, the, That's right. Yeah, because we've just finished our summer Oscar series, which used to be called our mid-year Oscar report, and mm-hmm. there, therefore we are... Yeah, we're always screwed up on the yearly calendar because the Oscars are in March. Like, can't they have them, like, on, you know, New Year's? If people are tuning in for us and our calendar expertise, they're lost, far more lost than we can help them with anyway. So it doesn't really matter. That's right. They, they don't care what we don't know about <laughs> the lunar. Because isn't the calendar based on the moon? This is bad. This is not a good start. <laughs> anyway, top ten hopes for the rest of twenty twenty three is the is the uh, on the docket today. And yeah, I think uh, I think we had this idea for this really happy episode where we put out all our you know our hopes and dreams for the rest of the year, our <laughs> wish list, as you said. And then like all this news came out last night involving yeah. the strikes and. I'm putting on a tinfoil hat to a degree, and you're kind of measured. You you just you're just down on this whole thing resolving anytime soon. Yeah, it's starting to to feel to me like I would like my initial thought on these strikes were okay. They're not going to get anything resolved until like December at the earliest. Mm. And then, like we said last episode, oh, they're meeting. They're actually doing things early. It seems like people, both sides are meeting in earnest and blah. And now it's you know. It feels like this isn't going to get resolved anytime soon. Yeah, it's not looking good. And and our hopes, 9 and 10, but the really first and foremost, yeah. is clearly we bo- we want fair deals for the WGA and SAG-AFTRA to get right. this thing kicked off here. I mean, both organizations, they need these deals. Uh, they And the future of the industry needs this to happen. So, yeah, for countdown purposes, we have 9 or 10, but to, to get us going here, fair deals are our first two hopes in this top 10. And good God, it's not looking good, Michael. Yeah, every time we do an episode now, it seems to be, okay, what's the latest with the strikes? And this is one of the big updates, but you're right. We want fair deals for SAG and WGA, but... If those are going to come, it doesn't look like it's going to be in the next, uh, I don't know, month or so minimum. Uh, We learned the WGA leadership met with several key CEOs of the AMPTP, including Bob Iger, David Zasloff, Ted Sarandos of Netflix, Donna Langley of NBC Universal. But instead of a deal, the CEOs just kind of from reports lectured the WGA reps on why they essentially should give in to the latest uh, offer from the AMPTP side. Yeah, the WGA then officially turned down the new proposal after making uh, it available to their membership uh, the next day. And according to IndieWire, quote, acknowledged concessions from the studios and staff sizes and AI, but they remained frustrated by the studio's unwillingness to budge elsewhere, unquote. Yeah, the... Uh, the- the press release or the email or whatever it was that came out from the uh, WGA side was essentially that it was a a couple hours long meeting of the AMPTP side just being like, come on, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I could see that. I could see that, especially after this next set of news, Michael. Yeah. So on Thursday evening, it was then announced that Dune Part 2 moved off the early November release calendar. It will now is slated to be released on March 15th of 2024, citing the strikes as the reason. WB then also shifted Godzilla 
X-Kong, Godzilla and Kong, Godzilla with Kong, whatever, the next Godzilla Kong movie, The New Empire, and The Lord of the Rings, The War for, uh, whatever, hemorrhoids. Uh, those shift back later into 2024. Rorium? Rohirrim. Rohirrim. Stop You've it. seen the same movies I do. You knew exactly the pronunciation <laughs> there. You know it's a Godzilla Kiss Kong. You know you know all these things. I don't know why you're getting so cool. Godzilla reading. Kiss Kong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right no what did, I, what did i read i think they need a couple more x's <laughs> okay godzilla kiss kiss smooch smooch yeah uh anyway the godzilla movie the lord of the rings movie moving back with the big news for this oscars year again dune part two who's moving into next march then as of this morning as we record this today on the 25th we've learned two stories conceivably as the response from the labor side of thing one the academy has canceled its receptions at the fall festivals that's kind of a big deal because the academy doesn't really have a I mean, obviously, they are majorly invested, but they don't really have a dog in the fight. They just want things to, like, end. Look, I think there's more actors direct, uh, more actors and writers in the Academy than directors and producers and studio executives. That being said, the Academy's, you know, probably more neutral, but they're not Switzerland here. I, I think they kind of side... Uh, based on the majority of their you know leadership and membership they they side with the strikes no i hope so i i don't know i could see, i mean i look when you say the academy what's the academy are you talking about the janet yang of it all i don't know i would think she's far more schmoozy with the well they have producers. to be of course but this is it, i mean this is not like this big show of solidarity i mean the academy no, could it's be not could be making this move just out of necessity just the same for the same reason that the studios could be making the move out of necessity to take dune 2 off you know because they don't feel like this is gonna happen i just feel like when these stories come back to back to back to back after the fact that we get news that they didn't reach a deal Mm. i feel like it's posturing through the media now maybe it's maybe it's minor posturing by the two sides saying oh we don't need a deal this these are the plans moving forward and sag after came out with another story shortly after the, the you know the, the the news that we mentioned up top that they're doubling down on encouraging their membership to promote the films uh, at the festivals that have interim agreements, a.k.a. waivers, where the cast and crew can go attend the festivals and, and promote their films. You get a lot of neon and A24 films signing up for the new terms uh, of that you know that SAG and WGA are, are fighting for right now with these strikes. And as long as they coincide with the, the, those terms, then... They're granted these interim agreements. So Neon's Ferrari, the Michael Mann movie, the $70 million production there. Uh, Adam Driver could go to the festival with Michael Mann. Uh, could go to Venice or New York and, and promote it. Priscilla, Sofia Coppola, and uh, Jacob Elordi, your guy there, Michael. He could go <laughs> and promote. I don't know if oh, they will. thank God. I don't thank know God. Thank God. They will go, <laughs> but they're now allowed to go, and they're being encouraged by sag after to go and look. And that's been a stance for SAG, not to cut you off. That's been, I mean, SAG has reportedly and repeatedly said, we want these interim agreements. These are part of our yeah. negotiating tactics. We want to hype up the independent studios during this if the big studios are dragging their feet on a deal. No, we learned years ago, Michael, doing this together, that if you don't cut me off i won't stop talking even if i have nothing <laughs> to say i don't know why that's just like a, a tick of no anyway i <laughs> pre- <laughs> 
Yeah, where was I? I don't know. Again, you really I just took a detour there. Charging through without anything yeah. to say. No, obviously, I wonder how close the two sides were at this deal. You do not think they were close at all. I think if the AMPTP, I mean, look, <laughs> we we've heard in public. All that's been said to us, and we've gotten our hands on, and some of them have been private emails that I'm sure have been leaked, but whatever. Like, all we've said is the AMPTP side say, oh, we're close to a deal, we're close to a deal. And all we've heard from the guilds, whether it's the WGA or SAG, is that these these offers are jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not serious. They're not. So I don't think we're close at all. Yeah. And you, you're probably right, especially based on this recent slew of, of information. And that being said, I feel like a David Zasloff. Just based on how he's, you know, timed a lot of news stories that we've been covering in the past, he could have made this Dune 2 story something that, you know, they they put out there a month ago. The fact that it comes out the day after the deal falls through or quote unquote his deal falls through, right? It, It just seems like it's this petty negotiating tactic to me. When you and I were both discussing WB's slate being very weird and congested for the winter, and definitely Chalamet heavy, they have Wonka in early December after having Dune 2 in early November and also having the color purple during Christmas, and now Barbie seems like their Oscars priority, and it Mm -hmm. should be, because it's going to be the the biggest grossing movie of uh, of the year in, in a few weeks. And Barbie should get a lot of their, a lot of their campaign dollars that WB. Let's face it, they can be stingy with at times. So, <laughs> if they're going to go towards Barbie in the color purple as their Oscar priorities, then Dune Two it would make some sense to push it to to, to March. Uh, so they might have moved Dune Two anyway. This might have been a decision a month ago anyway. Yeah, that I don't disagree with. That could have like. Yeah, this could sure okay. You won me over with that. This could be posturing, and that this might have been an earlier decision. I don't think it was, but yeah, it doesn't really. I don't know that Dune Two is affected that much by whatever's going on. Like, I don't think it's that tied into these strikes that he's like. Oh. I could also see that I'm just saying words now. We're both just no. That's okay, but look. But it, I, I could also see Zaslav being like, "Oh, we're, we're, you're not going to agree to our terms after I I took time out of my schedule to meet with you personally." Fine, you don't get due two. It's moved now. <laughs> due two is gone. Like I could see absolutely that happening just based on everything we've seen, heard, read, and you know the the stock shareholders meetings I've listened to about from this guy. But it, but it's essentially the studio saying we're okay pushing off our big payday fall movie until next spring we're okay doing that we and they cited the strikes as the reason for shifting their schedule so that sure. it, it does seem to be some blustering involved there whether yeah, it's true I, or not I, I don't i don't i don't disagree with that but we also have had follow-up reports that they're still looking into or considering or whatever kind of verb you want to use. Uh, they might move the color purple still. They might move Wonka still. They're going to see how it goes. They're weighing their options, et cetera, et cetera. I just don't think the studios want to be, you know, pushing all of their product out of theaters another season. I mean, it's just going to suck. I mean, I get the imperative of doing so just for the pipeline, the reason of the pipeline, you know, and having a stoppage of the pipeline because production is not – happening right now because of these strikes so you push things back i mean we we, we've lived through this at a much larger 
level during the pandemic. Mm. Of course we have. So we're now all too familiar with this this tactic and this strategy. That being said, I don't think it's good for theaters. Theaters are just getting their heads above water. I don't think it's good for the studios. They're just supposedly getting their heads above water, even though they're probably better off than they they you know the, they seem. Or to, hey, here's an idea. Just treat your workers like humans and pay them. Yeah, but like, they don't I, want to, Michael. But, they don't well, want well, to. Like, so they're just going to getting insane. their arms and just go, <laughs> no. And they're just going to say, you don't get to too. And we're going to have more more interviews of Bob Iger during a zillionaire's retreat in the mountains of Idaho talking about how the little guy on the rung of the ladder is asking for too much. Like, these people are so detached from reality. Petulant billionaires, they're like, look at they're like children. They're not that hard to read. I mean, I hate to say it. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to disparage children. (laughs) (laughs) And compare them to billionaires. (laughs) But they're not that hard to read, I don't think. I don't think this is a big, coy little, you know, game here. I mean, they're they're saying we can last. We can hold out longer than you. Go screw. And it's bad news because, unfortunately, like these two hopes affect everything else we're going to talk about today. Yeah. They do. Uh, when do you think this gets done? I mean, I before you and I started talking today, I was still hopeful like Octoberish it would something would happen that this was a necessary Because it step. could be it could be finished quickly. But, if the studios would just stop right. being asinine. Well, but and we're just like, okay, we'll, we'll give you I mean, if the studios caved on everything that both guilds are asking for, they would still be making a bajillion dollars. They would still be having their CEOs make a bajillion dollars. They would still be getting revenues of a bajillion. Like, it would affect them 0% in the long run. But this is the negotiation tactic. They're going to yield on very little to try and get the other side to come forward. But this, this back and forth could go on for months, of course. But it probably goes on for another month. Does it go on longer than that? I I'm back to thinking this is like a New Year type thing. Oh my God! I don't think it can last that long. I really don't think that's. I mean, because I get, of what? I I don't think the studios can handle it. I okay. I mean, I I just keep going back to that fact. I they, they took a a beating during the pandemic, and I understand they had tax write offs and whatnot. But if, well, if, what needs to happen, I think, for the studios to have momentum is the shareholders need, the, the stocks need to start getting affected. The stocks go down. You're right. That that will be that. And will everything be. I've read from the, like the last couple updates I've gotten from different financial outlets about WB stock has been it's still a hold. It's still a hold. It's in good position. It's still undervalued. Oh wow. So I don't know that that's getting hurt yet. But I mean, I think there is going to come a point where, you know, if if WB moves all their products and they're not making any revenue, I mean, think yeah, about it. All of the Netflix principles were out there, and then they changed all of their principles when the stock fell down. So that would be yeah, right. the inciting incident here if the stock dropped. You're right. Right. All right. So we get. I guess we got to root for a, a stock market crash. <laughs> like we have to root for the world to burn. Root here. for financial ruin. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible thing. What a so terrible. Those, that's wish number one and two. Horrible <laughs> financial collapse. Hope. <laughs> 
for the start of this all happy hopeful uh-huh. episode. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you have you have the even numbers here. Uh, what is your <laughs> the first of four hopes for the rest of this film year? Yeah, uh, taking aside all the uh, horrible strike news and strike updates, we'll try to focus on the positive here. I, I, my number eight here, I want September to give us at least one Oscars-worthy surprise. So I read this, and I tried to, you know, we, we both kind of did some homework on it, and I'm yeah. wondering what you think that Oscars surprise could be. I, I, there's not a lot of options. I, here's the September slate, as or at least... Uh, as many as I was willing to research. The Equalizer 3, Good Mother, The Nun 2, Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, Haunting in Venice, Dumb Money, Technically, Exfordables, The Fourth Expendables, <laughs> Cassandro, Flora and Son, The Creator, Barf, Saw X, Different Kind of Barf, The Eventual Netflix All-Time Views, Record Setter, Fair Play, Dicks the Musical, and She Came to Me. Of those offerings, the only film that I think has any Oscars legs is also the one which is... Not really coming out in September. It's platforming in September and going wide in October. Dumb money. Okay. So, look, the creator could be VFX play. A Haunting in Venice could be a costumes play, perhaps. Sure. Florin Sun could be an original song play. That director uh, has uh, won an original song from a film once. Uh, John Carney there. Begin Again was nominated. Sing Street was Best Comedy or Musical at the Golden Globes. So Florin Sun could be in the mix. Like like bottoms could is probably more of an indie spirit play, correct? But may, you never know. It was a South by hit, and maybe if it's a sleeper hit starting in September, that could be fun. Otherwise, I would say the the one movie that I've been hearing good buzz about is Invisible Beauty, a documentary about fashion icon Beth Ann Hardison. Okay, uh, and that played at Sundance. That that's coming out mid September on the fifteenth. But, I'm willing to, to, to take a documentary feature. <laughs> you take presence. what you can get right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I, dumb money. Like if it's not dumb money, then I like Cassandro. Maybe that's a complete guess. But you can at least see an argument for costumes, production design, sound, and I mean everything would have to go perfectly. But like in an ideal world, maybe a screenplay conversation. I doubt it even gets that far. But I don't know. Like third on that list behind Dumb Money and Cassandro, you, you're talking about like a doc feature or like a costume play for a haunting event, those types of things. September right now, I'm hoping to, I, I guess our expectations couldn't be lower is the bright side. So we could be blown away pretty easily. <laughs> That's a fascinating way for you of all people to put that. So, I mean, yes, you're looking forward to Cassandro and, and so am I. And, and Dick's the musical was a fun trailer and bottoms yeah. is a movie we both want to see. It's yes. Probably. We'll probably see it next week. Uh, Dumb Money is a movie we both want to see. It lives inside. We're always in for a good horror movie. And that comes out at the end of the month. Uh, we're hoping that uh, it, I mean it's a cool trailer, so maybe Neon's got something there. I think that's Neon. Anyway, I think there's some there's in, some intriguing films for certain in September, but you're right. We had we had Poor Things, and we had you know a Coen Brother movie. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that one? And we had Driveway Dolls. We had one more that was on there that that all moved off. Yeah, I can't remember what was it. I can't remember either. Yeah. This was that was like two weeks ago. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might anyway. as well have been a lifetime ago. It's all about Flora and Son now. That's <laughs> I, it's, that's my best guess. If it's not dumb money, but you're right. I think uh, 
I think there's a, a definite void in September because of the strikes, and and it, and, it, and it's worrisome. And on the same token, I'm wondering if a film could rise from this situation and, and become an indie movie hit. And that's my, you know, seven number seven here. We need this year's next indie film hit. Now I say next because look, Sound of Freedom is an indie film, certainly. And it, it's it's going to make over $200 million and counting. Now, it's all this QAnon-related stuff, uh, apparently, in terms of mm-hmm. its cast and crew and financiers. That being said, I was glad to read that the directors and writers were kind of distancing themselves from that. However, mm-hmm. I'm, like, reading this after they're... You know they've cast their checks. You know they I mean? already got their money. Yeah, it. they've yeah. already made 170 plus million at the box office, and then they come out and say, "Oh, we don't. know. we're just about. <laughs> this is just about saving kids." And this of course, is terrible. Just licking their thumb and counting. This is just awful. Awful. I don't want to be associated <laughs> with those their dollar bills, folks. Yeah. Well, you know, look, I Sound of Freedom did big money at the box office. You can't deny it. However, like I. I want to see that everything, everywhere, all at once, that parasite, that 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 small movie, that grassroots campaign take off. I mean, and and look, we've had some really strong horror movies this year. Talk to me has done fifty million. You know, that's going to be like a fifteen x multiplier next yeah. week. Never mind, it might be a twenty x multiplier before it's done. You know, Megan, Insidious, The Red Door, Scream Six, Evil Dead Rise. All of these were just huge hits in terms of. What their what their budgets were, you know, anywhere from twelve to thirty three million, and what their grosses were, anywhere from one forty six to one eighty seven. There, those four films. So horror movies have done well, but like we need like a bottoms, or even like a poor things or next goal wins from Searchlight, or, or like we were talking about there, a neon or an A twenty four film. It lives inside Dicks, Anatomy of a Fall, Priscilla, Dream Scenario, Eileen. We need that next big indie movie hit to just sh- shock and awe the Academy into voting for it, which would be lovely in, as far as we're concerned, but also mm-hmm. that just, it's such a great story when, you know, folks are going to the movies out of nowhere, you know, seeing, seeing a film in droves because of what do you think has the legs or the possibility to do that? I would hope something like Dick's the musical in September, like we're saying. Like, if we can get a September hit, that'd be awesome. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious if, like, the festivals can boost an an anatomy of a fall. Like, if anatomy of a fall wins TIFF after winning can, that would be... You'll get the cinephiles, I would think, certainly. Wouldn't wouldn't that be a possibility? And everybody says, yeah. "Oh my God, this is like the staircase, but crazier, and it's in a movie form." And that would be cool. But I that's I mean I'm stretching here. Bottom. You don't think Priscilla has a chance to to draw in people? I know you're high on that for oh, high on it. The Oscars. I, I would hope that Priscilla is a profitable film. I would be shocked if it becomes like an everything everywhere all at once phenomenon. Like, well, I don't think that's a fair standard either, though. I mean, how many? indie movies become everything everywhere all at once that's what i'm saying it doesn't happen that often but right but but it happens like every year with something every year you think every other year i mean we've been doing this for how long i mean we could i mean get out was a tiny little movie from blumhouse boom exploded it had universal behind it though hereditary hereditary became the biggest it was a big one yeah you know a24 film neon had parasite which was a monster box office mm-hmm. monster never mind you know an awards monster 
Yeah, all right. All right. And we haven't really had that yet this year. I get your point. Okay. I'm well, one over. I just don't know what it, what it could be. I don't know either. I think perhaps we need a festival boost and we'll see we'll see what happens there. I I just worry that without all the stars at the festivals like like and it's not just the fall film festivals that we cover, right? That I'm worried about. I'm more worried about you know the 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 festivals in the heartland doing the real heavy lifting to create cinema lovers and 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 going uh, going hog for all the patrons and all the all the students that attend those film festivals and keeping the love of cinema alive in the middle of the you know in the middle of the desert or in the middle of the uh, of the country you know i mean those mm. are the film festivals i'm more worried about these regional film festivals that create the circuit that is the film festival circuit that goes throughout the fall etc so that's where I'm like, you know, getting concerned because it's it's not it may not be a big deal for the stars to skip TIFF. TIFF's going to be fine. New York's going to be fine. Knock on wood. They may take a dip, but these other smaller festivals may not. You know, worried about the the fervor for the small town moviegoers. But to be everybody maximized. was yeah, everybody was seeing Parasite at all mm. the festivals back then. Remember, everybody mm. was seeing. And maybe it wasn't Parrot, but Moonlight played a bunch, and and all these movies that really took off, they played a bunch. Uh, you know these these eventual award season hits, even if even though they're smaller budgeted or, or or quote unquote independent. You know. Do you have any uh, any concerns about the story coming out? How Priscilla has was turned down by the Elvis estate, and there will be no Elvis mu- music allowed in it. Number one, the Elvis estate probably doesn't need another Elvis movie after last year. Don't they want that agree. to be the definitive? So I wonder where... I mean, I, I wonder, number one, why Priscilla is not involved with the Elvis estate. I guess she's just not. I don't know that story. Like, so who is that? This That's the daughters? So the kids are in charge of Elvis's estate, not her? Which that makes some sense. a great question that I didn't even think of. I don't know. Because you're, you're wondering who's arguing with yeah, who Yeah, who's there. saying no, yeah. Unless it's an unauthorized biopic, which well, I, is entirely possible. No, it's it's based on the Elvis and Me novel, or their autobiography by Priscilla. So, so now you're talking about, is there a possibility that the author who had the copyright licensed out the book and priscilla didn't want them to i guess no 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 priscilla's on board with everything sofia coppola's doing she handpicked sofia coppola to do it then i have no idea i don't know how that makes sense she's she's not involved with the elvis estate is what what obviously has to be the case but she lives in graceland i don't know she lives in literally the elvis estate i don't know i don't know I don't know either. Well, I'm glad I brought that up to bring this episode to a screeching halt there. <laughs> Mike, you're number six. You're number six. We just can't avoid this pain. Like, this is this should be a hopeful, happy episode, and yet your number six is like, take one of my favorite movies off the board, please, because I yeah. don't want good things. Like, how could you do this to yourself? Well, it's 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 pain for the betterment, for the betterment of the Oscars 
conversation in whole. And I think one of these entries should cause us pain. So I hope the offerings at the end of the year make us predicting past lives really difficult. Oh and I adore God. past lives, and we all do. And at our halfway Oscar show, I gave it my best director and my lead actress, and I wanted to give it original score, and I considered having it upset Oppenheimer for best picture. And so, in our 75% accurate Oscars prediction episode, I had it down for multiple nominations. Uh, but I already had some tough decisions to make. I think I bumped Greta Lee out of lead actress, and I think I bumped Celine Song out of director already. And mm-hmm. I might have taken the movie out of best picture. I can't remember that category. But this is just me saying, like, I hope these conversations are difficult enough for everybody because I, that means we have a lot of good to pick from in those categories. I guess calling back to my last... Uh, you know, number seven there, wanting an indie film hit. We had hoped that Past Lives would have been that indie film hit. I mean, they postured it And it's very probably similarly. not, right? It's definitely not. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's hopefully profitable by the time that they get all their PVOD receipts tallied. It's a $10 million box office gross. It hasn't even opened internationally yet so they could still do that maybe after an oscars run open it worldwide or, or and i think there is that theaters. that thought out there that past lives is this year's everything everywhere all at once and it's not like momentum wise it's not box no. office wise it's not oscars wise it's not gonna be it's not there's no way so, so you're I, just I, being mean to yourself hand- still by, well, by- no it kind of goes hand in hand to the last to the your last one and one I'm going to talk yeah. about later on in this list that like yeah we need that indie film to come through and kind of shake past lives but also it's, if the big budget blockbuster movies are still this good then let's have a blockbuster year at the Oscars too right now that's probably going to happen based based on what the the tea leaves are telling us right now mm-hmm. and and that's truthfully that's not nothing new for the Oscars it's just probably new for the last 10 years of the Oscars or so yeah anyway yeah I think uh I think this is if, a if painful we have a, if we yeah if I mean if we have a, a list of eight directors to pick from and Celine Song's in that list I don't think that's a bad thing no but it's a bad thing if she's not nominated we want her to be nominated because she's well, one of the best it should can't, hurt I agree. can't you it hope that can't you just hope that she's there and somebody else this, you love is this there? is like this is like acupuncture, <laughs> right? Like it, you need a little bit of discomfort to make yourself feel better about things in the long run. This is no. This is like me being your therapist, telling you that <laughs> even in your wildest Stop dreams, cutting yourself. E- no, even in your wildest dreams, you're a bummer. <laughs> you sabotage I yourself. I don't think this is a bummer. I think. Look, I mean. You don't think taking your favorite movie of the first half of the year off the board is a bummer? Off the Oscars I don't board. think if in December and January, a movie that made 10 to $15 million at the box office is considered a slam dunk in multiple big eight categories, I think that means it's a weak Oscars year. Yeah. Uh, and That's my stance. That's where I'm coming you from. You don't want weak Oscars years. Right. Okay. I'd rather have, you know, ten titles that we're arguing about, and she's in that conversation because she's that good. Right. Well, I hope it's a huge hit on PVOD. Everybody buy it, past lives, so we're rooting for it. Uh, let this great year of animation continue. That's my number five. Obviously, we got the Super Mario Brothers that did 1.359 billion in theaters. Yeah. 
I've been rewatching it. Even as like a movie in the background on Peacock, I can't help it. I'm like a child. I am a child. Uh, it probably Mario did did another two hundred million on PVOD. I'm guessing after its reported seventy million dollar PVOD opening weekend, right? I mean that's reasonable. They're I doing well. They're doing fine. Uh, I love Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, my favorite movie of the year thus, thus far. I've loved teammate, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I've also really enjoyed Suzume, uh, Elemental, The Magician's Element. They've all been really good. <laughs> the we, Magician's what? The Elephant's Magician. Didn't you say The Magician's Ele- Element? You've had such a hard time with that title this whole time. Now you're introducing The Elemental's Magina. <laughs> no. So we have uh, several huge, huge animated features still coming out from Walt Disney Pictures until, you know, moments from now when Disney's like, Bob Iger's like, I'm going on the retreat. Wish is not coming out this year. (laughs) Open the Disney vault and throw them all inside. (laughs) The Boy and the Heron coming to New York Film Festival. I hope to hope to catch it there. Miyazaki, uh, you know, G Kids. That's that's going to be a huge animated film contender animated feature contender we think and if they're great then oh my god this is going to go down as one of the best years of animated films ever plus you can have more hits on the horizon with trolls band together people seem to be into that and migration uh those are what a backhanded compliment for you to to trolls (laughs) people seem to like that i don't know why (laughs) it's a lot of fun music i i i don't know i'm not a trolls guy but uh People, people, I will people I will like, say this. Of these wishes, I think this is the, if I were to put odds, this would be like minus 300, minus 400. This is the most bankable one. That you Miyazaki's think we'll get another... not going to disappoint. Wish doesn't look like it's going to disappoint. Mm-hmm. Trolls is going to make money, especially if it is a kickoff for the NSYNC reunion. I didn't even mention Netflix has an Adam Sandler lizard animated film that looks funny. Leo. Mm-hmm. And you seem to be smitten by Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, even though I'm lying, I'm like, eh. At least the title of it, yes. <laughs> but they just re- they just announced that that's going to premiere at the BFI London Film Festival, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. So <laughs> we're getting some runway for these films. So yeah, my hope is that we get another great animated feature this year. I'm, I'm hoping. And movies... Obviously, animation is not just for kids, but IP that is historically kid-aimed, like Ninja Turtles, Mario Brothers, uh, Spider-Man, having animated films that reach across the spectrum for age Mm. that are like really, really good movies, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's it's fantastic. It's uh, it's like everybody else doing Disney without Disney doing Disney this year. Yeah. Until until maybe Wish. Yeah. Does Disney. I, I think uh, I like that entry from you, and I think it's the one most sure to happen. Good. So you just jinxed it. Yeah. Can't wait to see Wish <laughs> die. <laughs> just fall down a pit of despair. My brother and I spend our whole... <laughs> Spend our whole New York Film Festival experience, and we, we, we center it all around the boy and the hair, and it's just... Miyazaki only animated the first five minutes of his movie, and the rest are just pencil drawings he did on bar napkins <laughs> for 90 minutes. It could happen. It could this happen. is why I didn't want marketing. <laughs> it could be anything. It could yeah. be anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad I could do that for you. 
Um, maybe I can jinx horror while I'm at it too with my go. next entry. My wish is that David Gordon Green hasn't gone off the deep end. I am not sure about this one. Yeah. I'm a little worried. That being said, we both had this, I wouldn't say begrudging respect, but we had a respect for the ambitions of Halloween. Yes. Ends, correct? Yes. I mean, we are fanboys. You've turned me into one. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in hindsight, looking back, of course it was not the movie we all expected necessarily. Yes. It was a big swing. But I'm... I'm I still think it was a cool big swing, and I I think it'll age better than people viewed it at the time. That being said... And I think it has more to do with the way Halloween's 1, 2, and 3 were aligned than people are giving it credit for. I don't know. I push back with you, not not on the the similarities for Halloween 1, 2, and 3, but... I'll push back in the sense that this is not your typical movie trilogy, franchise trilogy. That It did not play like a franchise trilogy. And I think if you and I were writing, you know, regular kills and ends, we would have had more continuity there. It would have been the WrestleMania main event. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. But I also think comparing, this is part of my point here, like comparing the Halloween that David Gordon Green was given to deal with from 2018 to 2023 and the exorcist that he's being given to deal with in 2023 is a, he can't do the same thing with both of those for a litany of reasons. Yes. And look, let's start at the beginning. Like the trailer for this new exorcist movie is fine. It's not, people have been like going crazy saying how, but it's not good and it's not awful. It's not the most, it's fine. The hook is very good. Like two yeah. girls play hooky from school. This is the last time we we saw them. They're walking away playing. You know, of course they encounter Pazuzu. They get possessed. I mean, you, you're wondering what the hell movie it is, and you wait for the, you know, the the needle drop on the record player mm-hmm. there to get like a hint of the music, which was kind of cool. And then you know, next thing you know, Ellen Berenstein's Chris McNeil. Yeah. And, and you have the flashbacks of the original, and you have to like he, he, DGG has to reintroduce a whole new generation of people to the exorcist that that burden isn't there with Halloween. Like if you're a fan of Halloween's since the 1976 introduction and before 2018, you would have seen Mike Myers on screen nine times, Laurie Strode on screen five times Mm. played by the original Jamie Lee Curtis three times, at least referenced in other sequel movies. She wasn't in another two times. The OG Exorcist came out in 1973, the direct sequel in 77, and the third installment not until 1990. Since 1990, you've had separate prequels in 04 and 05 and a TV show. Linda Blair and Ellen Bernstein have not been attached to the franchise since 77 and 73, respectively. The OG Big Bad, the Mike Myers, if you want to call him that, Pazuzu, that demon, has been gone since 73. So David Gordon Green has to do something different with this reboot quote than he did with Halloween in 2018 because a 20-year-old who fell in love with the film franchise in 1973 is is now 70. Mm-hmm. For The Exorcist, and hasn't had Ellen Bernstein to attach themselves to with all these sequels and iterations since 1973. I don't know that 70-year-olds are interested in going to see horror movies, period, at this point. So, you like, it's a whole new... He has... 
it, it grants them a lot more leeway and a lot more freedom to do w- different things with these characters because the audience isn't as embedded and as crazed as Halloween's audience has been. But at the same time, it presents a whole new set of difficulties that you have to invest a whole new generation of viewers into this old IP that hasn't really been treated with a lot of respect in years. It's it's a tall order. Now, it's even a more ominous project for David Gordon Green because so many other franchises have eaten into this genre. Like the Exorcist yeah. genre has been done by the Conjuring series, Evil Deads. You have possession franchises galore or projection possession adjacent franchises galore like the Insidious film, the the the, the Amityvilles, the I mean, then you have these one-off hits like Rosemary's Baby and Hereditary and Smile and and never mind the sinister and paranormal activities. Mike, we've seen literally a hundred movies do this material and try to innovate and push it further and further and further and get on their corners. And this is why it was one of my top five, you know, or top three films where I'm most worried on the year, The Exorcist Believer, because... I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna find new ground. I mean, it's just betting against them. You know, putting the big short on them is an easier bet, I guess. So I'm I'm worried about it. And then the trailer is. It's a good point. This retro redux, which was probably shocking and and scary back in the '70s when they did it with uh, Chainsaw Massacre and Exorcist, and you have the freeze frame animated black and white kind of thing after the craziness of the of, of what we saw there so it's just i mean it doesn't work as well and it's kind of a i don't know it's it, it's been done before it's been done again and again so if this is just a similar if this is a similar remake to the last exorcist film if it's just a reboot quill if it's just what would they call it in uh in scream five oh my god mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no no <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I have no memory of what you're talking about right now. I'm just drawing a blank. Right, they had the whole speech. She yeah, gave the whole yeah, great speech yeah. about it, and, and it was I, good. It was and a good turn. We talked. We talked in the pre-production. You're like, I've seen so many movies. If I, <laughs> yeah, I might as well have not seen them at this point. I can't remember. And that's how remember. I feel. Like Scream Five was. It, it might as well have been back in Vietnam. I don't oh know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I worry that this is going to happen. I worry that. Your but doesn't hope that here... make it so? A guy who took as big a swing with kills and ends as Gordon Green did, doesn't that mean, like, isn't this the one horror legend, like, the legacy horror franchise in which a big swing is probably most badly needed? Like, Halloween, I would argue, was probably the least needed for a big swing as far as legacy horror IP goes. The Exorcist made most badly need a big swing. It scares the crap out of me. It does, me too. That you're going to go for that. In this scenario, with two hundred, with a two hundred million dollar budget or whatever it is, is that the budget? But that's not the budget. That was just the buying the franchise rights. Correct? Didn't they make all three movies for two hundred million, something like that? That sounds right. But again, I mean, you got to stop bringing up news stories we've talked about because once I'm done with the episode, they go out of my brain like a law. Said the attorney. <laughs> All right. So I, I'm betting against your hope here that he's not going off the I don't even know what going off the deep end entails for him, to be honest. I really don't. Like, 
like I just said, I think a big swing is most badly needed, but if it's a big swing that turns even more people... Like, here's the difference between... The biggest difference between Halloween and The Exorcist coming out in 2020s. You put Mike Myers on screen, people are showing up. Mm-hmm. You get It doesn't matter how bad the movie is, you're going to get like $100 million, $120 minimum, right? Mm-hmm. You make a bad Exorcist movie in 2023, there's no guarantee that the crazed fandom is going to show up for you. Because there may a, not be a crazed fandom anymore. Right. There's been a couple bad Exorcist movies recently, and there's been a bad Exorcist TV show recently. Right. So that fandom is upset, and then they can go to more, you know, to other franchises that right. have delivered the goods. Right. Oh boy. We'll see. I'm worried. Uh, all right. Number three. I would love a film festival champion, or ten of them, please. Now, okay. I'm not necessarily looking for the overhype machine crazies to go to go off here. Like, look, I mean, Dune was funny for us to cover at the time, and it and it mattered in terms of award seasons. I'm more looking at, I'm more looking at like if Anatomy of a Fall starts to sweep, or if Next Goal wins wins Tiff, or The Boy and the Heron wins Tiff, or Priscilla wins Venice. I mean, look, you can have a couple different major filmmakers win Venice. David Fincher and The Killer, Bradley Cooper and Maestro, Ava DuVernay and Origin, Yorgos Lanthimos and Poor Things. Like, you could get a big name coming out of these festivals that that makes them a major champion heading into award season where they have to be reckoned with. And I just love it when that happens. It's part of the whole, you know, seasonal fun that we cover so i want and i hope for a champion even like in an international feature category remember when drive my car was you know Mm -hmm. everybody knew drive my Mm -hmm. car was probably going to sweep you had tar and the father and belfast becoming favorites in in various categories well the father was just playing well everywhere i shouldn't say the favorite but screenplay i thought people liked it obviously but tar i mean Kate blanchett became a favorite belfast yep. everybody was predicting belfast for best picture you had the fablemans take tiff and then lay low for a while right but because everybody thought the fablemans was going to win after the irishman played the new york film festival and i believe venice i can't remember if it did both everybody's like this is the best picture front runner and that was like a week it was like a blip in that award season because 2019 yeah. was so so packed but you know, we also ignored some signals back in the day before we, you know, we were accustomed to covering these film festivals. But The Shape of Water was doing great everywhere. Green Book won TIFF. So, yeah, I think the this matters because typically the industry goes to the festivals. Now, this year, maybe who knows. But I think people go to the festivals and when Moonlight debuts at Telluride to just... You know, to earth-changing levels of, of of applause and 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 love, and when Parasite wins Can and then goes on, and oh my God, it's a, it's a phenomenon. And when Everything Everywhere All at Once plays South by Southwest, it does launch it does launch a film festival champion into the awards race. And I'm wondering who who it's going to be this year. I really don't. I don't. Let know. me let me get into your brain as a pundit here. What matters? I have two questions. And hopefully I can remember them by the time I'm done asking the first one. What matters more to you in terms of a festival champion? Is it the number of prestige festivals a title wins? Or is there one festival that, oh, that one won TIFF. I got to keep my eye on that. 
oh, that one won Venice. I got to keep my eye on that. Or is it the fact that, like, let's say there's two movies that one wins Tiff and Venice and one wins Can, or one wins Can and Venice and one wins Tiff. Like, or do you treat them equally as far as potential? I think a lot of the studios know to pull movies off the festival shelves once they, like, hit. You know, I think Moonlight was an example. I can't remember if Moonlight kept playing festivals. Green Book and The Fablemans were definitely examples, right? They didn't go on and play much else after they won TIFF. Uh, I think some Venice movies, you know, if if Ferrari wins Venice, it's still going to close New York. And I don't think they have any qualms about that. They're happy to close New York, right? So, I mean, wouldn't it be interesting if Ferrari is looming as this major threat all year, if it wins Venice and then Ferrari is is, uh, closing New York and we we know it's awesome and it's, it's coming out on Christmas and we're, we're, we're stacking up Barbie and Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon and Ferrari. And I don't know. So that's my that's my follow up is which which festival has the winner that like what one festival winner ranks most to you? Well, there's still questions about Telluride because they never release their you know lineup. Right. But if next next goal wins, wins TIFF. You know, what are we thinking there? That's, so is it TIFF that usually, like, rings? That's what I'm kind of trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, TIFF perhaps more than, than you know, London or New York or, of course, Venice right now. But Venice, like, we've saw, we, we've seen some major films, you know, launch at Venice. We've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. The Shape of Water, Absolutely. I believe, right? So, I mean, you're going to have Venice as a factor here and a yeah, but it, like if Anatomy of a Fall wins Can and then Tiff, like I said before, that's a big win. Sure, and then it absolutely, com- and then it plays. And I think New Anatomy York. of a Fall to kind of even go back to your last point you made, like the, or the last wish you had is, I think that's might be the one with the best chance to kind of get momentum behind it. Hmm. It, it's it's got a big chance, but what if Rustin wins Tiff? You know, now you're now everybody's going to be on the Rustin bandwagon that mm-hmm. Rustin could be a player. I mean, there's sure. there's a there's a plenty of options, especially at TIFF, which is humongous. Still, the zone of interest could could come, you know, into this ra- best picture race in a humongous way. Anatomy of a Fall wins Cannes. Zone of interest wins TIFF. Yeah, the possible. I mean, it, it, we have the whole road laid out in front of us. We don't. We certainly have more than enough slots that are unspoken for still, and a lot of the award season is bound to take shape. Are you looking at this more as like a cultural thing or more of an awards thing? Well, first and foremost, as an awards thing, but going back to my indie film, you know, hit, dream, and my hope for that, I would love for it to be a cultural thing. I mean, that's the most fun when it is, because then certain of us can create these, you know, illogical grudges about their... (laughs) No, I Who mean, we have more fun. You? We have more fun when uh, it's cultural. Don't if you, you want to name names? <laughs> <laughs> but we've gotten into some crazy conversations before. It, it just they're speculative because we haven't seen the movies in Can or a TIFF, you know, yet. Maybe in years from now we'll, we'll actually go. But Tatan was a, a those were a lot of fun conversations you and I were having about Tatan. Yeah. We had Jojo Rabbit, which was a very serious conversation mm-hmm. for a while. Uh, about you know the handling of the subject matter and can you make a comedy out of what's going on there and a lot and and ultimately he pulls it off and then we see the movie and we love the film 
you know, and that was a, that was an interesting conversation, or set of conversations. So, yeah, man, I'm in. I'm in for this for the for the chatter. I'm you know? with you there. I'm with you. I, I think that's that's a solid wish, and I think it goes well with your your last wish too, of like wanting an indie hit and wanting something that that gets a groundswell momentum, grassroots campaigning to kind of ride itself into award season. That'd be fun. Or from like a performance perspective, like like I said, Kate Blanchett of Tar, mm-hmm. but Kristen Stewart of Spencer. Like she took a huge early lead from Venice, even though I don't think she won Venice. But everybody saw Kristen Stewart playing Princess Diana, and they're like, "She's winning the Oscar." Yeah, and that was a lot of fun to cover. Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm with you. That I, hopefully we do get that too, and it kind of grows into my next wish as well. Is that my hopes for the award season, the chatter we're going to get? It's a little antithetical to how I feel about the studios and how they're treating the strikes right now. I, I hope the strikes end before the Oscar season comes because I don't want to have the conversation where if this happens, we have to keep bringing up how awful these studios are to their workers. So just mm. pay your freaking workers, please. Mm. But if that happens, my wish is for we have films good and equal enough to force a legitimate blockbuster versus blockbuster, maybe versus blockbuster best picture race. And, I think this could be the year in which mega big mainstream movies are finally battling it out all over the big eight categories and bring a hefty amount of viewers back to the Oscars. Because that's kind of what I'm hoping for most with this wish Mm. is that we have enough big name titles and big categories where that excites and invites enough people back into watching the Oscars. And so the ratings get kind of a a boost from previous years here. I mean, we know Oppenheimer is going to be there battling for best picture. We know Barbie is though. I do think it's going to face some hurdles and winning best picture, but it certainly has a chance and is WB's biggest front runner right now. It's in the conversation. I'm begging a populist movement to happen for killers of the flower moon, because it doesn't have the kind of, you know, big, word of mouth momentum right now that you think an Oscars front runner should have at this point but maybe the box office gets a big enough boon behind it and if that happens you're already looking at WB versus Apple versus Universal if Maestro lives up to the hype you'll have Netflix entering the charge or maybe the killer or maybe Rustin who knows if one of those can enter the conversation as well but you'll have four major studios there battling it out for the big eight categories now that's a great thing and Mm -hmm. for the Oscars television program and for ratings and for people to talk about movies and be excited about movies what'll be a dark cloud over all of that is if these freaking strikes are still going on because the studios are being too effing asinine for their own good right that, that, that's for certain and that's to bookend the, this episode i would agree with you uh you know calling back to where how where we started now i think we're already primed for uh, barbenheimer to be in the mix here. Yes. Uh, so that's a good thing. So that's yes. why you're kind of betting on the, uh, you know, the, the, the fact Give that me one more, yeah, one kind more of can really make this a race. Yeah. Uh, a three headed monster. And yeah, killers of the flower moon would be my bet. Dune Same. part two before I learned there was going to be a part three. And obviously we've been getting queasy on it. You know, that would have been in the mix for me, but now that's out. So that weakens this this hope a little bit. But Napoleon has got a shot, too, I would think, right? I mean, you have Sony and, that would and be, Apple. That would be my second guess, yeah. If not, And it's it's Apple as well, and it's the, the same studios with Flower Moon. So you would think they're going to put their eggs in one of those baskets. I would be pleasantly shocked 
if the next goal wins, the holdovers, the bike riders, Ferrari, the boys in the boat even, you know, which comes out Christmas from George Clooney, if any of those was a quote-unquote blockbuster, I would be pleasantly shocked. Even the color purple, you know, I could see that with like a $50 million budget being a profitable film, Mm -hmm. but not something that you would consider a quote-unquote blockbuster. I mean, blockbusters nowadays got to be billion dollar tent poles or 800 million dollar oppenheimers right killers of the flower moon has that potential napoleon has some 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 potential in that regard i would think it's also easier for a streamer to call something a blockbuster too when they pull it from theaters early yeah i just i i don't i don't think we could work any of the netflix movies in here because we're not going to have that same that same buzz for like May December could be a huge hit on Netflix. It's not going to say carry no. the same cachet as a Maestro, maybe, even though it's a very niche type of picture. But I mean, Bradley Cooper, Carrie Mulligan, and Netflix is going to have a ton of marketing behind it. Was Don't Look Up the biggest Oscar player, other than maybe the Irishman that Netflix has ever have had in terms of viewership? Right, I mean, probably. Obviously, there's subscriptions growing, but I mean, not just their biggest player, but the biggest name player, the biggest, the highest profile of a of a contender, you know, in in terms of the general public. Yeah, probably. Because otherwise, you have Apple TV Plus taking Paramount to to you know exhibit Killers of the Flower Moon all over the world. You have them doing that first. Now. The windows on that aren't necessarily big. So the Killers of the Flower Moon is going to have to open to huge numbers, right? Yeah. Because, and I think people want to see that movie. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it will. I don't know if it'll be Barbie. But know, it's, it's not going to have the time. It's not going to have the time to be Barbie or Oppenheimer. So at no. best, Killers of the Flower Moon will make, you know, 400, 500 million at best. In, in like the three four weeks that it's out there, right? And that a lot of stuff needs to go right for that. Hmm. And I wonder if that'll even happen if people are like, "Oh, I'll just wait to see it at home." Napoleon is that scheduled as well on Apple TV Plus? I thought they were. I don't know. Oh boy, we should have looked up more facts in this episode. <laughs> the words of wisdom for today: when you do a summarize the whole dang year. Our whole dang rest of the year episode. You should review all of your facts first. Killers of the Flower Moon, October 6th. I would think Napoleon, I mean, just knowing how Apple's putting the emphasis on theater releases first. All right, well, here's here's a good thing. Killers of the Flower Moon comes out on October 6th, and they have not announced when it's coming to Apple TV+. They're, They're keeping that, they're keeping mum on that, which is very good, I think very smart napoleon i'm hoping is the same way and napoleon's release is october 22nd but it doesn't say uh, you know they 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 also say here napoleon that it'll release on apple tv plus at a later date so they're open-minded they'll leave the thing in theaters all right that's good news that's good news so they take it back that's what uh you know apple's putting that billion dollar emphasis on theatrical Good. All right, Mike, take us home. What's number one? Number one is I want the next film that gets the quote-unquote MMO stamp of approval 
the the great movie stamp of approval, the great movie tattoo, where you and I, hand in hand, arm in arm, popcorn and popcorn mm. trick popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> where we Roman handshake over a favorite movie. Now, yeah. the obvious film that we've had in our history is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ugh. That was a great MMO moment that happened a couple years in. Also, we both loved it. People forget it was the best film of 2019. <laughs> you could have also loved the other film, no Parasite, which <laughs> I, I loved. I, I just didn't much. understand how you. Anyway, but we both loved like a Get Out. That was a big deal for us. Yeah. First Man, First Man, and Soul. Yeah. You know, Movies like this that we were, were favorites on years. I mean, Mission Impossible, Fallout. I mean, we've Halloween 2018. We've loved movies together. So, I mean, we've seen a lot of really, really good movies. But in terms of, like, the Mount Rushmore MMO stamp of approval great movie films, once you upon want something for both of us to fawn over. Get out. Yeah. I want, like, yeah. like I mean, we've had a good year already. Air past lives we, i mean we both like spider-verse to different degrees yeah but i mean we, we've liked a bunch of movies this year we've had a good year i mean astro yeah, city have. was fun it's already been good start but like sanctuary we, <laughs> sanctuary you just texted me you love sanctuary i was like great movie very happy i was very glad about that i really loved it as well so we, yeah we we like a lot of movies together that's there's no question but are we gonna get like it's killers of the flower moon are we gonna walk out of that one being like yeah yeah I, I want one I of those. I hope so. I, I, I think that's got the highest potential. If you had to guess of all these films, that maybe, you know, if it's not Killers of the Flower Moon, would it be like a dumb money? Would it be... I'm trying to think what else we got. I mean, we got, we got possibilities. Like a Priscilla we may both love, but... I mean, Ferrari, Next Goal Wins, we've loved some Taika, Saltburn. Yeah, I, I, could could I could see it being either of those. The Killer, we both love some Fincher. Yeah. I mean, if I think if if Fincher is like classic Fincher, mm-hmm. it's, I think it'll be The Killer. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know what The Killer is. I don't know either. Yeah. The, the Iron Claw, I mean, a wrestling movie, you know it's a sad story, though. So it's like... I just I'm wondering what movie is going to do this for us next because it's going to happen. I have faith in Hollywood that it's, they'll they'll give it to us at some point. But that's the moviegoer's prayer. Yeah, that's the wish. That's always the wish. Please like let it. this movie be yeah. great. Right. How many times have we said that sitting down for a movie? Yeah. Uh, you know how many how many times have we said this is probably gonna suck? <laughs> we said that a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, this is obviously what matters most to us, as always, dear listener, are your thoughts. We want to hear your thoughts on this wish list, but god damn it, studios, just give the guilds what they're asking for. Definitely. I yeah. agree. Let's 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 actually have these wishes matter and be the focus of the film year so we don't have that looming dark cloud hanging over all this for much longer. Get these people back to work and let's give them treat them like actual human beings for a change. Be a corporation with a heart. I know that's antithetical and isn't possible, but Christ, please. First time for everything. Uh, as always, dear listener, like I said, what matters is your thoughts. We want to know your wish list as well for the rest of the year, as well as if you want to say, hey, studios, let's go here. You should do that. 
yell it from the mountaintops. Uh, you can leave us those, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns we have, you have, about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we're available wherever you do hear podcasts. And if you listen to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael. Mm. Uh, you had some words of wisdom earlier. Do you have any more you want to add on and tell the good people what's coming next? Yeah, look up your facts and <laughs> do your job as yeah. if you're the guy who's supposed to prep these Google documents, mm. especially. But no, I think uh, I think we're, we're excited about the fall film festivals, covering them from afar, even though we cannot go in person uh, the next two weeks. But I will be going in person to the New York Film Festival. I'm excited about that. And uh, it's it's time. I mean, the season is here. So we, we get to cover a lot of movies, even though we're not going to necessarily be doing a ton of film studies, perhaps, in September. Uh, you know, we're going to be seeing a lot of these these movies ahead of time, which is always fun. But the, who knows? Maybe we'll review Bottoms. We're going to receive Bottoms. Uh, we're going to see Bottoms mm-hmm. soon. And uh, maybe we'll do... That'll be a, a, a fun movie. So we're holding out hope. I mean, like we're saying, we're, this is half of what we try to do and and when we don't get our way we don't get our what we hoped for it's uh it's 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 like winning or misery what did pat riley say winning or misery (laughs) (laughs) so come be miserable with us when the movie isn't great i guess you know we'll be we'll be here for you either way (laughs) it's winning or misery (laughs) there is no in between we take this stuff seriously here guys When reality sucks, you can win or be miserable with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make awards season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you very soon. See ya.